Hey, this is Mark Parrish here from Northland Vodka, and you are listening to the Soda Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of MNCAA. I'm your host, Nick Max, and as we continue our tour across the Minnesota college hockey landscape and uh, we're on stop number three of the tour to join us talking all things UMB Bulldogs the newly married Max Veach Max yes he's showing off the ring there first of all congratulations on the big event that just happened a couple of weeks ago um, I know it's a big day for you so happy for you number one uh, yeah tell me about it I mean it's uh, those are always you know pretty fun days and it sounds like uh, when we were talking just before the start of recording everything was just about as good as it could have been yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, it was long overdue. If you ask her, it was long, long overdue. It's just a little bit different <laughs> timelines there. So uh, very, very happy not only to get it out of the way, but to, to make it official. Uh, I think it was unofficial for, for quite some time for both her, I, and everybody around us. It was just always kind of assumed. So getting the pen to paper uh, was was really nice. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the day was great. Um, getting getting everybody together that, that we know and love. I said most people that we know and love together was uh, was as good as we could have ever hoped for. And um, I mean, we're in the midst of writing all the thank yous right now. So that's, I, I kept saying, oh, this will be the last thing. This is the last thing. The thank yous, they have to be the last thing. I, I, I refuse to believe there's something else we have to do after this. But uh, the least we could do for everybody that was there. And, you know, there's been a lot of support online from you, yourself, everybody else that's in the same hockey community. Um, so, yeah, really appreciative for all that as well. And, you know, looking forward to see how the new luck that she has, because I haven't been the luckiest person, the the new luck that she carries with her, how that affects me and the, the teams that I'm cheering for. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Is it like, what, a penalty on the offense, a penalty on defense? You just open up sets, <laughs> something like that? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> honestly the best I could hope for. So. Yeah, uh, I hope the Vikings can turn things around. But, uh, you know, Max, yeah. we're not here to talk football because that could get <laughs> more depressing. Uh, but we are here to talk college hockey, again, the Bulldogs. And, you know, speaking of, you know, emotional roller coasters, Max, uh, last year, um, let's just quickly touch on last year because, I mean, I think to an honest college hockey fan, uh, there was always something in the back of our heads that was just waiting for this team to turn a corner, right? There were right. times throughout the weekends where we saw glimpses of what we thought the team could be, and then there were some regressions. It just it never really materialized. It ended up being uh, a season where UMD failed to get out of the first round for the first time in a long time. Uh, so your thoughts on last year and uh, maybe a couple of, of reasons why it went the way it did. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm a record on repeat here because I think I said the same thing previewing last season. Um, there was quite a few injuries that were pretty significant throughout the year. The team was really kind of struggling to stay fully healthy. Um, and it was just kind of a, a mishmash of people kind of getting put through the blender at each of the positions. So tough to get a lot of consistency out of the guys when they're playing with somebody new every other week outside of maybe one line that had, that was relatively consistent. And on top of that, uh, I think there were 10 freshmen last year and a dozen newcomers to the team. So when half your team hasn't been, you know, playing in that same atmosphere or even at the college level, you're going to have some some bumps along the way. And there are nine returning players, I guess, you know, nine of those 10 freshmen are still on the team. Um, so I am I'm very excited to see how they progress this year. There's one obvious obvious one, Ben Steves and. You know, 21 goals as a freshman, the most since I think Brett Hall, if I'm if I'm counting yes. my chickens right here. 
um, is is a big, you know, a big monument. And, you know, there's a lot of expectations. And is he going to live up to those? 21 goals is a, a really tall task for anybody in college hockey, especially UMD in the conference they play in and everything. So even if he can reach that again, I think that's a, a success. But um, just him as a player in general, just love love what he's done already and looking to see how he progresses from there along with all of the other freshmen that are coming in and the sophomores who are gaining more steam along with Ben as well. We're definitely going to dive into more of the individual stats here. Um, yeah. From the NCHC themselves, in fact, just today as we're recording this on Tuesday, September 12th, uh, the preseason poll had UMD sitting at number five. Uh, Max, I want to get your reaction. Uh, to me, I think this is right where they should be preseason because I do think, and let me preface it this way, UMD has not made it uh, shall we say, not been, shall we say, kept without getting past the first round of the NCHC tournament twice in a row. They've always rebounded. I think there is an expectation that they do it again this year, but there is a lot of uncertainty, as you mentioned. So is number five where they should be? And is that a realistic expectation for them this year? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, one and two was out of the question for UMD this year, given a 16 and 20 record, a 16, 20 and one, I think last year. Um expecting them to make a significant jump to the top of what I still consider the toughest division in college hockey to play year round is, is kind of a, a crazy thing, especially given that they've only got two new people coming in as transfers. Um, and we'll get to them later, I'm sure as well, but um, to make any sort of significant jump with a relatively stable team from last year is, is kind of crazy in my mind, unless there's a lot of, of you know, additional progress that we just haven't been able to see yet. Um, so I don't know that I would have put them as low as five, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that either. They're certainly not at the bottom of, of the tiers. I think everybody knows that Miami is, is, you know, playing catch up with everybody else. CC still has some question marks for me. I don't know if they need to be second to last there either. So middle of the pack is about where I would put them. I had them at four, not five. I, I've already said hand, hand up. UMD did get one first place vote. It was not me. Uh, it was not any of the people that I'm aware of. So I'm curious to see if that ever comes out to see, you know, who that was, if it was somebody just trolling them. But um, I, I do like it that they've got a little bit of billboard material. They've got, you know, to prove themselves out there. And it's not like they have to live up to any of these high expectations to start the season. They're starting from a point where they just want to prove people wrong, work hard and, and earn the, the spot at the end of the year. And Max, where, you know, Scott Sandlin and where UMD has made its bread and butter and more so the identity of this Bulldog squad has been essentially the defense and more maybe specifically goaltending, right? One of the big statistics that jumped off of me uh, from last year was essentially almost a goal pour uh more per game against last year, 3.1. When you were on your national title runs, you were averaging about 2.3 to 2.2 goals against per game. So, I mean, we can talk about the offense in a minute, but I'm curious as to if you saw the same thing, whether that, you know, the Scott Sinlund service, the iron iron wall had some holes in it last year. Yeah, so there's a a couple of factors that kind of went into that. Um, the turnover at defense was was quite large, and there was a, a pretty big piece missing for them as well um, on the defensive side. But goaltending, I mean, you you're losing Ryan Fanti, and you're having to start over with Zach Stasekal, who had some you know shining moments as he was coming up through UMD um, in some pretty huge games, and then he took a little bit of a, a step backwards, a little bit of regression, and shared the net with a newcomer in Matthew Thiessen from Maine. And so they were, went kind of back and forth, and that goalie competition is kind of what I think Sandlin really wanted to try and improve both of their games. And it's not that either did necessarily bad. I think combined they had a 903 save percentage, 
um, and uh, right around that three goals against, which was significantly higher. So their save percentage was way lower, and their goals against was significantly higher. I think both combined were the worst that UMD has had since 2013 and 2014. So it's been almost a decade since they've had goaltending that goaltending that was that bad. If you want to put it all on them, and like I said, there are other factors that went into that as well. But it is something that they weren't able to overcome. And when you combine that with the fact that they haven't had as much um, offensive firepower as some of the previous years as well, that's where you come into these records where you're sub 500, you're not making it to the NCAA playoffs, you're not getting out of the first round in the NCHC, and it all kind of compounds from there. So um, I do think that you know we've got all three goalies returning here. I think that you're still going to have some of that same goalie competition. But I think that you know having some of that go into this year um, I think they both take a step forward. Whether or not it's a huge step forward, yet to be seen. But um, I, I would be shocked if it was any worse than last year. I would be too, honestly. Uh, this team is, you know, it, it's, the coach, again, is just, it's too much history there. Way too much yeah. experience. And uh, again, rarely have we seen Duluth have back-to-back years where, uh, shall we say, they're down a bit by their standards. Um, yeah. I want to focus in now on the offense, right? You mentioned Ben Steves, 21 goals, as you mentioned, as a rookie, um, the most we've seen since Brett Hull. Uh, that's yeah. a name that goes back a ways. Pretty um, big name. Pretty big name, right? Um, to put that in contrast, your second highest goal scorer was Dominic James at 10, right? Yeah. So uh, Ben Steves was hot. And then uh, another freshman that I think a lot of us were counting on to provide some more supplementary offense is no longer with UMD. In fact, uh, Isaac Howard entering the transfer portal, going back to, uh, as I would say, an old namesake with uh, uh, his old coach from the U.S. National Development Program at Michigan State now. Is it, uh, it's, uh, is it uh, Mike Nightingale or is it... Uh, it's I always want to say Bob Nightingale, but it's not Bob Nightingale. Not but. Nightingale. It's a Nightingale either way. But yes. uh, um, here's where the question comes from, Max. I mean, 21 goals, that's nuts, right? right. Um, the question is now, and we saw this with St. Cloud with uh, Vidi Miatnin, who had a not nearly the goal you know, scoring prowess as Ben Steves did, but he had a bit of a sophomore slump. So my question is, can he repeat that type of performance in a sophomore season, especially now that other teams will be paying probably a little bit more attention to him too? Yeah, um, like I said, I think even repeating that, if you don't exceed that, is an, an absolute win. It's a huge accomplishment. And if he took 21 goals every year, I think that – I don't, I don't know that he'd be playing four years here. So uh, <laughs> uh, I, selfishly, I hope that he kind of shares that a little bit. And I think that is what's that is what's going to happen, um, especially since we've got Blake Biondi returning. He only played roughly half the season last year, maybe a little bit under that. I think he was gone right before Christmas there, had double shoulder surgery, and he's returning for a senior season here. He was their leading goal scorer the year prior. So he's coming back with a lot of drive to kind of, you know, um, get back into the mix of things. Uh, The healthiest he's been in a while. I think he had some shoulder issues the year when he was their top scorer anyway. Um, So that's going to be a big help. And, you know, you're kind of splitting the attention if they're on the same line, whether it be power play or otherwise. Um, so you still get some openings for both of those two guys as well. And then we've got some new guys coming in as well. Um, you know, uh, Anthony Mangini and Matthew Perkins. Those are two freshmen that are coming in that both have a lot of, um, hype and goal scoring experience with, uh, Fargo and Youngstown last year, who were both playing the US, USHL championship. So, um, they're, they're familiar with the, the pressure that comes with playoff hockey and, you know, what kind of, what kind of goes with that. And then, not even counting another transfer that's coming in as well, Connor McMenamin, and it's going to take me a while to get that. Uh, but coming over from Penn State, a captain, a fifth-year senior, like 24 goals uh, and 42 assists over 100 and 
called 130 games. It was just under that, but um, that's that's you know those aren't other out of out of this world numbers, but it's consistent numbers on a guy that's got experience and size coming to a team that kind of needs both of those things. Um, they're not going to be as young as they were last year. They've only got, like I said, four freshmen coming in. All those guys that were freshmen in that 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 class that made them one of the youngest teams in college hockey are now sophomores. They're kind of bringing that average up a little bit. But on that same note, they've only got three seniors and four graduates, and two of those are goalies, I believe, or, or defenders. So um, they're also not going to be the biggest or oldest team in here as well. So a little bit more balanced than they were last year. Um, a little bit more drive from some of these younger guys to prove that they do earn top spots on those power play lines or otherwise. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is going to be a lot more help for Ben Steves to get back to your original question here, a lot more help uh, for him on the scoring front than there was last year. And they're probably going to need it, Max. Join us for another week in the den of Huskies Warming House podcast action. Nick and I don't just work the MNCAA scene. We have our own show, too, with new episodes every week. Find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and everywhere you enjoy your favorite hockey podcasts. If you can find the Soda Pod, you can find us there, too, along with CenterizeView.com and Huskies Illustrated. But at the end of the day, do you expect Scott Sandlin to fix the defensive side of the puck first? I imagine that's going to be uh, a focus just because, again, you know, we can talk about goalie stats. We can talk about goals again. So it just also felt like with Duluth and, uh, you know, I don't want to mention the word penalty to you because I might trigger <laughs> uh, what hair you have left on top of your head. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of it, I, I don't think the Bulldogs did themselves any favors in some of the games last year where they I think they were kind of chasing the game a bit. Um, so maybe sometimes you, you have to maybe take uh, maybe a step back per se, right. And maybe not be as aggressive. Shall uh, we trying to move the puck up ice, but maybe just being more comfortable in your own zone. Is that, am I onto something or am I crazy here? No, you're absolutely right. And um, there, there is a, a couple of big questions with the defense. Um, they have eight on the roster, but they're only going to be starting with seven this year. Will Francis is starting the year out. He's got a cancer diagnosis. He's working for working through, you know, all the best wishes to him. Um, he's targeting a January return. Uh, if you've got any, you know, uh, spare money, if you can go buy a willpower shirt They're they're awesome. Everything's going out to help him and um, that, that organization. So uh, I would say that that is going to be a big question mark for them. But also, they've only got five returning defense outside of there, and then two newcomers, one being Pionk, which was a great get for them when he was originally committed to Mankato, but now coming into UMD, obviously with the Hermantown ties, has played with Biondi before, uh, potentially scoring threat on the defensive side, playing forward in high school and just transitioning. Um, so he's got a, a well-rounded game there. And then you've got Bast coming over from um, North Dakota, who had some injuries couldn't find the right fit but is a a questionable player that not questionable in the te- in the terms that you don't like him but like questionable is in the terms of you don't know what he can produce on a team like this as well so um they are going to be a little shorthanded and you know fingers crossed everybody else can stay healthy there but they've got um gallatin and goats who are going to have to step up pretty significantly from from what they were doing last season and fill in those roles and be leaders on that defensive side of the puck if they want to see um, some of the success that they're looking to get this year. And uh, Max, what is it going to take for Duluth uh, to sort of regain its form that we've seen over the past couple of years, right? Again, back-to-back national titles uh, in the late 2010s there. Uh, again, this this team is always 
you know, I don't want to say a wild card, but they always seem to have something up their sleeve. Maybe a slow starter, but always sort of yeah. peaks at the right time towards the end of the year. Um, rarely, like last year, we didn't really see that really culminate. So uh, I guess, Max, you know, what can we expect from this Bulldogs team this year? And can they, uh, shall we say, um, improve on some of the deficiencies they had last year? Yeah. Um, one thing that, you know, you saw as a potential weakness in UMD, that was the first time I'd seen it in, in quite some time for them specifically is the, like the tenacity, the willpower, the, the, the strength to keep going through some of that adversity that they were seeing. There were some games where they were down and you just didn't see that, that fight or that dog. I, I don't want to say that, you know, just because it is the Bulldogs and I want to be that guy, but you didn't see that in them. You wanted to see them, you know, skating to the puck and winning some of those battles and, it's tough to do as an undersized squad, being as young as they were, and I'll throw as many excuses as I can out there. But I don't know if you're going to be able to. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be ready for them this year. I, I don't want to have to say it again this year. So um, getting some of that drive back, um, just with the disappointing season that they had last year, just putting finish to the season, I'll say, um, it is going to be huge for them. And uh, I think they did a pretty good job. They were living and dying by their their proficiency on the power to start the year they were very very bad to finish the year i think they had 24 percent on the power play so they were actually pretty decent not necessarily the best in college hockey but you don't have to be if you're a defensive team that kind of focuses on that and they lost that a little bit in the middle of the season there um and it's tough when you are getting all of the penalties called against you and hopefully that changes this year uh but everybody deals with it at some point and you just have to figure your way around that so if they get back to that calm level-headed um you know five on five play and then taking advantage of the opportunities when they've gotten a man and, you know, find a way to kill penalties when you don't, uh, or when you're a man down, that's obviously the, the best way to win hockey games in general, but that is how UMD has played. And if you're losing either one of those two things, you're, you're finding yourself in a, a tough spot because they aren't going to have the number one goal scorer in college hockey. They aren't going to have the number one goalie in college hockey. You need to have a full cohesive team effort to win. And they've proven that they can do it before. Scott Sandlin knows how to get the best out of those guys. They just need to do it again. Max, two more questions for you. Um, sure. Sometimes, you know, a team can get, shall we say, uh, a little bit of energy from just putting some wins in the wing column right now. Their schedule to start off this year. It looks actually pretty tough if we actually yes. look, right? Besides, uh, I believe it's an exhibition game to open things up with Michigan Tech at Amsoil. And then they host Northern Michigan. They do it home and home with Bemidji State. Uh, they go on the road to uh, New York to take on Cornell for two. And then a little bit of a kind of a what murderer's row here with Minnesota home and home. And then going uh, back to Duluth for North Dakota and then at St. Cloud. I mean... Max, you talked about it earlier about trying to play maybe through some pain or maybe, you know, sometimes things may seem bleak, but you just kind of kind of have to power through it. Yeah. This schedule almost is going to, shall we say, force their hand to do that if they really want to be able to sort of improve from last year. Right. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. And I don't, I don't want to speak too soon here, but the front loaded schedule against the CCHA is really going to determine, you know, how the CCHA is doing is going to determine their ranking in the nation for you know, the first two months, just because there is that front loaded, heavy focus on, on that, that, that conference. So um, they're going to have to stack up some wins against Northern Michigan and Bemidji for sure. Um, I think they've got a good chance to do it, you know, two sweeps in a row to start the season. That would be great. I don't know if I believe that that can happen um, again. They don't have the most experience on in, in all of college hockey year, but you said it like going into Cornell is, is no, no easy task. I know that they beat them last year and Cornell is, 
you know, playing in a, a lesser conference. I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. I think it is a lesser conference. I'll say it with my chest a little bit. But I think they're on the top of that that lesser conference. I think Cornell is a, a nasty hockey team. I think that they've got some some pretty big bodies out there again coming back this year. And it's not going to be easy, especially when you go into some of those smaller barns where you've got the guys right next to the glass yelling at you. And they're passionate fans out there too. So um, not only do you have to start with that, but then you've got maybe the biggest test, the the most um, you know focus that they're going to get all year against Minnesota going in right to the NCHC play after that. So uh, yeah, tough, tough to start. But if you do get a hot start, that gives you a lot of confidence going into the most important section of the, of the schedule of the season. And that's what they, they, they absolutely have to do. If they can come out of uh, November 4th with a winning record, um, two games above 500 would be great, but a winning record, uh, they're, they're in a really good spot. So Max, uh, we're not betting men by any stretch of the means, which is why we're going to do that here on the, on the MNCAA podcast here. So, um, again, NCHC, uh, shall we say the preseason poll has them picked at fifth. Where does this Duluth team finish? Are they an NCAA tournament uh, participant? Where do you see this team ending as we hit, uh, shall we say, March of 2024? Uh, I'm picking them home ice in the NCHC playoffs, but they are going to finish fourth. And I'm not going to say who they're playing. Um, I'm really hoping for a certain team, but... Um, they're always fighting for that fourth or fifth spot for the last three years. I think they've been in that position regardless of how well their regular season was. The NCHC seems to kind of go up and down with them. So um, finish fourth, uh, win, go to the Frozen Faceoff. I don't think they win the Frozen Faceoff. I think that goes to either North Dakota or Denver this year. Um, but they will make the NCAA tournament as a three seed. That's, that's my final prediction. If only Alaska could have been a three seed last year, that would have been yeah. nice, right? <laughs> yeah, that would have been really nice. But the powers that be, right? Uh, Max, thank you so much for joining us as we continue again as our uh, season previews come along. We are halfway there. We still have the Huskies, the Bemidji State Beavers, and St. Thomas to come. Be sure to stay tuned for all of those previews for Max Feach on the Max, and we'll see you back next week here on NMNCAA.